This is Together, an Ada Bible Church podcast about the world of marriage, where we attempt to invite you to explore the ways marriage works and doesn't work. From practical ways of learning to biblical inspiration, we invite you to listen to other professionals and couples to help enrich your marriage. Here are your hosts, Samuel Jones, Rachel Norton, and Dr. Kelly Bonnewell. Welcome back to Together Listeners. This is Kelly, Rachel, and Samuel for another tremendous episode. We are excited, excited to continue our conversation um, in the relationship of the stories of hope of couples that we have either heard back from or have shared their stories or that we worked with from a you know, various year span um, from Kelly's time in counseling to Rachel's time in mayor in, in mentorship and in women's ministry. And even my time, you know, over the course of um, the lifespan of, of our relationship with Ada Bible. And, and there are so many couples that we're hearing from um, in terms of how they're being impacted by the podcast. So uh, Rachel, you were just talking a little bit about like people that you're hearing from. Yes. Uh, bumping into people like, Hey, I heard that on the podcast. Yeah. It was so helpful. And here's how it's impacted our marriage or me, you know, them as individuals, you know, we see, we hear stories of hope all the time. So I am excited on this episode to get to share um, that. And that's kind of what we're focused on today, right? Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And Kelly, you know, we, not too many episodes ago, you know, had opportunity to kind of share some of the best practices or some of the information and books and podcasts that we shared. And, and from that episode, we just wanted to continue on with actual, with some actual stories that actually supported and, and helped some people that have been tuning in. Yeah, definitely. So before we jump into the stories, one of the things, you know, at Ada Bible, we have a lot of unsung heroes, uh, people who serve in DV, uh, people who are uh, small group leaders. Well, another uh, ministry uh, opportunity at Ada mm. is we have marriage mentors. Marriage mentors. And in part, we started this podcast because of them. We wanted to provide them with material that they could use or resources that they could use to just be better marriage mentors. And the cool thing is we've actually interviewed, uh, what I can remember, we've interviewed three marriage mentors, Mm -hmm. Jim and Jane Ryerson, season one. You got to go way back to that one. The original. Uh The original. Uh Uh, Mike and Kim Ball, Rachel and I interviewed Mike and Kim, and they've been premarital mentors for many years and Mm -hmm. have made great impact. And then Dan and Diane Schroeder, who Samuel, you and I interviewed just a handful of episodes ago. So um, to our marriage mentors, we're so thankful for you and all that you're doing and walking through these stories with people. And uh, and so, but today what we're going to do is we're going to focus on stories of hope. And uh, I kind of had a cool experience uh, about a month ago. So story number one, I've got two stories. Uh, story number one, I were, we're going to call them Court and Sarah. That's not really their real name. <laughs> Interesting names <laughs> to have uh, selected, yes. I know, <laughs> it's funny. I was just making yeah. up names the other day. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so anyway, uh, I worked with this couple 18 years ago. And uh, I hadn't talked to them in almost 15 years. So I hadn't talked to them in a long time. And when I re- when I worked with Court and Sarah... They were just totally disconnected as a couple. And they had been married, I think, about 25 years at the time. 
And the best, the best analogy I can come up with Court and Sarah, and this is often with marriage counseling, what I want you to think of is I want you to think of a boat, okay? Okay, we're and in the boat. You're in a boat, mm-hmm. okay? And as a counselor or as a mentor, you are in the boat, okay? But often what happens is one of the uh, persons that you're trying to help, they're in the water, Okay. The husband is in the boat or the wife is in the boat, but the other spouse is in the water. So okay. you and one are on the boat yep. and the other one. And what okay. you are doing as a counselor. <laughs> I already am catching something here. <laughs> yeah. And as yeah. a counselor, what you're trying to do is get that person in the water mm-hmm. in the boat. Okay. And that was definitely Court and Sarah. And for about four years on and off, I kept on trying to get Sarah in the boat. Sometimes she'd get in the boat. Sometimes she'd jump out of the boat. And, uh, but there was this really interesting moment with court at about the four and a half year mark. Uh, I'll never, ever forget this day. It was Monday, 10 a.m. And this is like, again, this is like 15 years ago. But that says a lot because you've had a lot of meetings with a lot of people. Yes, I so, have. So, okay. But this one definitely stands out. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear when, when I tell you the story. So Court comes in and Court was always, always very uh, wanted to grow, wanted to create change in his marriage for the most part. And, uh, but this Monday morning at 10 a.m., Court comes in and he says to me, uh, hey, Kelly, this is going to be our last session. I don't want to come to counseling anymore. And I'm just, I'm going to go pursue a divorce. Wow. And he was dead serious. Dead serious. <laughs> dead serious. Yeah, clarity. And at that moment, when you're a counselor, you just go, oh, where do we go from here? What do I say? Because he literally opened the session with those words. And so I sat there and I thought about it for a second. And this was totally the Holy Spirit because Cord at that moment, I could tell he thought I was going to Bible thump him. He thought I was going to bring out the divorce verses that Jesus talks about. And I did something which I've done a couple of times since. And this is the very first time I've ever done, had ever done what I'm going to tell you what I did. And that is I looked at Cord and I said, Cord, will you do me one favor? Will you ask Jesus if you can divorce Sarah? Will you ask him? Because I really believe it's him who is the only person who can give you the thumbs up to that. Now, you have to understand, Court was a charmer and he was a salesperson and he could be a little loose in that sense. And so actually, when I said that, I thought, you know what Court's going to do? Court in 24 hours is going to send me an email and he's going to say, yep, I heard God. God said, thumbs up, you can divorce Sarah. And this is what happened. And it caught me off guard. By 6 p.m. that night, I got an email from Court and he said, Kelly, I definitely heard from God. And he said, no. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, this is a cool thing. I talked to this couple, uh, like I said, four weeks ago. And one of the first things I asked him was, how are you doing? Right. Because this, this is a couple that was literally on the brink of divorce. And they're doing great. And uh, they're doing really well in terms of their marriage. They're figuring out some of the kinks. And so I just, that was, I was really encouraged by that. 
you don't always get to see that and have those exchanges. May we ask when he kind of came to that conclusion and heard from God, did your sessions look different after that? Uh, yes and no. It was sometimes still a struggle, but a little bit. But the cool thing that I think the big linchpin there, Rachel, was I think court had been wrestling with that question of divorce probably for about at least six months, if not up to a year. And after that, what he did was he solidified his commitment. He made his yes his yes and didn't say maybe, and he didn't say no. He made his yes his yes, as Jesus talks about. I do wonder if it inspired the one that kept getting in the water to get on the boat a little bit more, you know, if you saw that afterwards. Definitely. Uh, So sometimes God does work in us first. Yes. Yes, he does. And and then the other person. Yeah. So what a powerful story. Yeah. Well, that brings my second one. It's a little bit more brief. And this was really encouraging because, um, again, if you're a counselor and you're doing marriage counseling, I would say 95% of the time when you sit down with a couple, Basically, what the wife says to you as a counselor is, hey, if you can change my husband, our marriage will be so much better. Yes. And the husband says the same thing, but toward the wife. Exactly. I would, again, (laughs) that happens 95% of the time. That's good to know. It brings a little relief that that's where a lot of us start as couples. Well, this is Alan and Elaine. (laughs) More made up names. They'll all be made up names on this episode. Yes. And I worked with them. I've worked with them now like six to seven sessions max, hardly any time at all. But there was a marked difference in how they came into it. And that was they both looked in the mirror about themselves and kind of going back, Rachel, to what you said, what do I need to do to change? Now, this is a marriage. They're both solid Christians. And this is a marriage that if you've ever listened to the podcast with any length of time, you know, I'm a big fan of looking at marriage in the context of commitment, friendship, and sexuality. Mm -hmm. And this couple, when I first met them, commitment, nine. Very committed to one another. Their friendship mm, slips down, maybe a seven, maybe even a six at times. And then their sexual connection was about a three. Mm. Now, uh, the big thing that, the wife was really struggling with was emotional connection. She was really missing emotional connection with her husband because he was working so much. And then when he would come home, he would zone out or check out. Okay. Now the husband, he was really yearning for physical intimacy, like physical intimacy. (laughs) No, he was. And essentially when, when men have certain desires and things, when it goes unchecked and it it leads to another level of just a pain point for those guys. Totally. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing is again, when I've worked with past couples before, it's hard to get the guy in this case, in mm-hmm. this similar situation, to focus on those emotional connectors, right? Yeah, yeah. And vice versa, maybe for the wife to connect on those physical intimacy connections. But from day one, this is what they've done. And they've brought two key things, which has just been refreshing to me to work with them. And in fact, I don't even, th- I'm almost done with them. And that is, number one, they've been humble, very, very humble. And number two, 
they do what I ask them to do. Now, what I ask them to do isn't like super challenging, but for example, I'm, I've asked the husband, you need to become a better listener. And he has. So we've talked about how to become a better listener. And in the wife, she's engaged in terms of her sexual connection more. So it's just been, it's just been a really amazing journey for me on, you know, in terms of a story of hope and restoration. Wow. Wow. That's two very important stories, Kelly, that when we think about this idea of we're trying to exemplify hope in marriages, right? Where someone is navigating, uh, could be a simple or complex challenge of this desire or this dream and, and what they desire often cases goes unmet, unseen, unfelt, and then you feel unseen, unmet, unfelt in the way that you navigate a thing. But simply having a therapist or even getting back in the word of God, making sure that he's the head of your life, brings things back into alignment, Kelly, is what I hear you saying. Yeah, definitely. Because when things get out of alignment, (laughs) then everything else feels that way, too. And when you start to put God first, like, for example, should I get divorced? Let me go ask God. That's alignment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, if I feel a certain type of way and I've not had that communication with my spouse, let me go have the conversation because we are two coming, becoming one. That's alignment. And so I, I hear those stories as you share that. And and I'm sure there are a ton of couples that resonate with that question. Are we in alignment in our relationship with God and in our relationship with each other? Or are we just doing our own thing, <laughs> which happens over the course of time in a marriage? Right. So true. Amazing. Well, I'm more hopeful. Thanks for sharing those. Like, yeah. Now, Rachel, yeah. you need to inspire me oh, now. Do I? Okay. All right. We'll see. We'll see. Well, Uh, Not long ago, as you mentioned, we talked about some uh, tools that we found to be especially helpful Mm -hmm. and valuable um, with people either in counseling or in more of a discipleship environment. And what I talked about on that episode was a book by Lisa Turkers called Good Boundaries and Goodbyes. I think when I introduced it, I said, this is not a book about here's how to end your marriage quick. But if if the listeners are familiar with Lisa Turkers, she is a woman who has been in charge of Proverbs 31 Ministries. So she is all really about coming alongside women to help them realize God's dream for them in their role as a wife, right? To honor God in that role and in all the places really that they find themselves. So imagine her heartache when her marriage started having some significant challenges and addiction came in. Um, infidelity was a part of the story and some things happened that she couldn't change. Right. And she prayed and prayed and tried everything and, um, and just a lot of heartache along the way. And she learned a lot about me, what boundaries could have looked like long ago and their marriage did end sadly. And she's learned to trust God with what she couldn't control. But I love the truth that God never wastes our suffering. Mm. You know, so with someone with such a huge platform, such an influencer to help strengthen marriages to have gone through something so painful to perhaps strengthen masses of marriages. So God's not wasting her suffering. We always share that with people who are stepping into mentoring roles, like our marriage mentor couples with um, women and men stepping into kind of one-on-one discipleship. Things they've been through, God won't waste those things. So that's been true with Lisa. And we mentioned that resource on the podcast And I've been bumping into people that said, hey, I heard that episode and I got that book. It's been so helpful. And I said, well, would you share with me? Like, send me, how has it been helpful? I would love to pass that on to some listeners. 
And so I, I'm going to share some things that they just sent with me in their own words. I won't mention any names, but one is married to someone with alcohol addiction, and it's been a long road. And, you know, I love this saying, boy, if we keep doing what we're doing, we're going to probably keep getting what we're getting. And she wondered if there might be some encouragements in this book. And she said, the first thing I learned was not giving 120% of myself when my spouse was really only in a position to give about 10%. So good. Yeah. I learned to give at the level that he gives and to take care of myself. If he doesn't meet a need of mine, say um, my need for his friendship, for his protection, for his partnership, she said, I'm learning that I can find that in the Lord and trust him to provide through other people he's placed in my life. Uh, She said, I've learned to share my heart in a way that is more clear and more truthful. She said, I've learned that I'm a codependent woman mm. <laughs> and and that and the value of keeping it short and sweet. It's hard, but I'm growing. She said, breaking this um, unhealthy pattern of mine, I think, is something that, you know, God wants to do. She said, finally, I've learned that abuse can look different in different situations. And I'm grateful that through changes, God is working in me. So healthier responding and healthier boundaries. My husband is beginning to make changes of his own. Wow. And our marriages, it is improving, right? He hasn't broken free from addiction yet, but it is healthier. And I I bet something good is coming. I know? think so. That sounds That's really so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that this story's not fully unfolded yet, but look at they're heading in a new direction. <laughs> I'm just all kinds of hopeful about that, especially having known her for several years. And then here's from one who she actually serves as one of our mentors. And she's one, when I heard her story, um, just a really sad story of abuse um, as a young married long ago. I don't know if you guys are um, more familiar with this than myself, but um, what I understand from some is that people didn't talk about this at church Mm-mm. years ago at all. Yeah, Like when she was younger and she's in her sixties now. So anyway, she now comes alongside other women who are in difficult spots, maybe like this and helps them find God faithful where they are. So she got this book in her hands, and she's going to go through it with someone. And she said, since I'm just starting to read read the book, um, I'm not sure I'll be able to give you a total overview, but I'll give you a few thoughts. As I started to read about her story, I felt like she was telling my story. She said, it seems like um, the love toward this person that you've committed to um, somehow gets all mixed up with giving up all your own thoughts and needs. She said, instead, you think about what can I do or what support can I provide so this person will change back to who I thought I married. (laughs) But the addiction is maybe taken over and taken over my loved one. And then, you know, they twist their words to me to cover up, maybe lie. And yet it's it's all just turned around. Um, Then I become somehow the unreasonable one and I'm the one that's not supportive. She said, it just it just became chaos. The, the, I'm so sorry, it won't happen again. I'm not perfect like you. It just all plays with your mind, she said. She said, one of the insights in the book was that if you go with what they say, you'll become more and more convinced you are the problem. If you oppose what they say, they will make sure you feel you are definitely the problem. Either way, they lose and the relationship, you know, doesn't mm-hmm, progress. Yeah. So the other thing that many people don't realize is that you have no one to talk to about this. Um, It's embarrassing. You feel embarrassed, humiliated, and you don't want others to think bad about you, and you don't want others to think bad about your spouse, 
right? You don't want to be disloyal. So she said, I've really learned the value. I think if I had started some conversations in a safe place, um, I think it could have maybe looked a little bit different um, earlier. So just really encouraged by those supports. She said, hearing that boundaries are woven into everything God has done since the very beginning is is just soothing to my conscience. Um, One of the main premises in the book is that um, boundaries are not just a good idea. They are a God idea. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we want to honor God. And um, and so I think this has been helping people do that. One one other woman, um, um, this is a marriage where addiction and infidelity have taken a call, uh, taken a toll. She said really short and sweet, but she said one of the biggest takeaways is that God even created boundaries before he created people. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So it's a blessing um, from him to consider what they would be. She said, I don't know what they are just yet. Right. Mm-hmm. She's just trying, you know, starting to put some thought into this. Um, but to be able to even know what those are and then to share them with grace and stick to them with God's help. Like that's where she wants to be. So it's been really helpful. Um, that's just from three. And I've actually heard from many. Wow. And, um, and I'm, I'm watching, I'm walking beside one where it's helping her prepare to have a conversation that's been a long time coming. And she said she has felt God put it in her hand. She's just been journaling a ton and it's putting words to what she hasn't been able to put words to. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think that's just been a timely support for her too. And just like, feels like God sees me and he sees us and, and experiencing him as their helper. Rachel, that's so encouraging yeah. to hear, you know, and even though these couples aren't maybe at the place where they want to be at right now, mm-hmm. they're again, going back to what I shared, humility and doing some of those necessary things. That's what I hear in those stories. And, you know, too often at Ada, we meet the couples who have already made that decision to divorce and maybe some of these couples will yeah. get on the other side. That's the prayer. Yeah. That's the prayer. And I love seeing how they love that person and they're just trying to practice smart love. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So good. And we love them too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Rachel, I just want to say, um, I think it's amazing that our, our listeners have someone where they feel uh, both from a space of confidentiality and just a space of comfort to share what's happening and to be able to have a place, you know, like this to not only listen, consider and contemplate, but then take a step of saying, Hey, I listened to this. This is how this information book podcast really empowered me. And this is where I'm at right now. This is where I'm not sure where we're going to go, but what I want to do with what I've heard. I think that's so powerful that they have that space with Kelly, with yourself, with myself to be able to share that information and just keep a status check-in report type of thing. You know, I think that's awesome. Yeah, and like the one that I first shared about who didn't open up to someone long, long ago, women are opening up now. Now, I yeah. work with women, right? So sometimes you're going to see something different mm. with people who work with men sure, um, where they're opening up about different things. But it is neat to see whether men or women, whatever that struggle is, they're they're being open about it in a safe place and they're being humble and getting some help. Mm, that's a powerful so that leads into the the what I believe will be the last story for today. Um, one thing that Ada Bible has done an amazing job at is being a church for um, a lot of different type of backgrounds and families. And and one family I can think of uh, was a, a blended family, you know, that I was able to do some support um, with. And uh, 
We'll call them in the light of a conversation. We'll call them Alfonso <laughs> and Bernice. Okay, oh, you guys didn't tell me to make up names you know? before. This is a counselor trick. This is fun. This is what we do. You know, Alfonso and Bernice. Um, but they were a blended family that um, you know had uh, three kids and were navigating trying to blend their homes. You know, there's amazing books out there. Ron Deal's Smart Step Family and Smart Step Dad. Smart, the whole Smart Step series is amazing. Um, but uh, one of the books that we talked about in the last podcast was The Seven Principles That Make Marriage Work by John Gottman. And in that space, he talks so much about all these different ideations around, you know, love maps and, you know, how to navigate dreams within conflict and all these ideas. And, and I was like, well, let's make this, you know, let's make this a... Uh, practical. And so I can think of one couple, you know, Fonzo and Bernice that were in a space where in blending their families, they made every single thing about blending the family, the priority so much that they forgot that they were married (laughs) or forgot about their marriage, which happens to many, many people, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they begin to make everything else a priority because they're trying to make everything just right. Everything work when your kids, your kid and my kids, my kid, and we're trying to make it work. And so this couple was doing that um, from the events of school to the aspects of, okay, hey, uh, let's forego date night and consider that there's some aspects of, you know, the kids that are more important. And so the priority or prioritization of their marriage began to fall. Um, And especially when they began to not communicate about what issues that were going on, feeling left out, feeling like they didn't do things like they did before. Well, in the course of our counseling, you know, part of one of the things that they began to realize was that, hey, my partner um, and my my spouse, um, they're feeling really neglected in the way that they're navigating their conversation and what's really on their heart. And part of building the idea of a love map, as I mentioned last time, was this idea of getting back to what are the things that even brought you together? And so one of the fun things that we did was we had um, the individual interviews, which is part of the Gottman therapy process. We also had them interview each other. And in interviewing each other, it was like, hey, why did we get married? What were some of the things that really mattered to us that turned us on or turned us on to you? You know, and uh, I think this goes me back. Get me back to thinking about Dan and Diane, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> they got uh-huh. together on spring break, right? Yeah. And uh, But really the things that brought them together. And as they began to interview each other and have a conversation about, oh, you know what? I really like that you used to do this. I really like that you used to prioritize, you know, date nights on Friday nights and, and this and so on and so forth. They began to begin to rebuild their love map again. And in rebuilding their love map, they also did this exercise of dreams within conflict where it was about, you know what, what are the things that matter to you right now that we aren't working through, that we aren't navigating in our life? And as they began to do that, the realization and the simplicity of us getting back to in this season, as we see it, the things that matter to us and reprioritizing our marriage, now we can begin to take those next steps of making sure that we're first, even though our kids are growing and have certain needs and all those things because in blended families there's so many contextual elements that are at play right you're trying to please your spouse you're trying to please your kids you're trying to please your ex you know and you forget well what matters to us what brings us together and as they began to rethink and rehash and reevaluate what mattered to them they had the opportunity to take those next steps and rebuild their love map rebuild the dreams that they desired and as simplistic as that sounds sometimes that's how it is in the context of, you know, what people are dealing with. 
no matter if they're blended families or they're married and been married for 30, 40 years. What are the things that matter to us? Again, let's wake up our dreams, our desires, and how do we navigate that right now, right here? And how has it changed? And how do we get there? And so I think of that story as just a way to encourage and empower our listeners on, hey, there are still things that you may desire to do that you haven't shared in a while, that you haven't thought about. And so what does it look like to reconsider having that conversation again and walking it out with your spouse? There might be some new joy, some new long suffering, some new patience, some new love, fruits of the spirit that need to be reproduced in your life at that point in time. So So then on the other side of this interviewing of one another, Mm -hmm. um, how did you see evidence of a change in their dynamic and even in their family? Because I would imagine that was a win for the kids too. It was. I'm going to give you a phrase. You ever heard of Nike or company Nike? Just do it. It That's the phrase. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was as simple as just doing Uh, it for them. mm -hmm. You know, just doing it. And as they began to do it, I remember, um, um, because I happened to have one of their children that I got a chance to have some good conversations with. Um, They talked about the differentiation in their home. Um, I can draw back to memory of like, hey, you know, I... They were always doing what they, what I needed them to do, but they were always frustrated and talking at each other, not talking with each other. And 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 as he began to say, yeah, they they go on date nights, and I feel like I can just be at home and do my thing. You know, um, was good to hear because I'm like, okay, now it gives you a chance to mature and grow, but also see a blended family unit. Your your parent and the other parent actually work together in a way that's conducive for you. So yeah, love that yeah. story, mm-hmm. Sam. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's also about getting back to the basics, you it know? Is. It is. I love that part of like what caused us to fall in love in the first place. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. So, Rachel, Kelly, um, this has been a very short episode, but I think that, you know, in this space, there's so many stories of hope that we didn't share, that we didn't tell, and that there's listeners that probably do like, Hey, yeah, you know what? This has been helpful. Let me share this with Rachel, you know, or whatever. But I think that these are just, again, opportunities to think about how do we get to a place where we can actually rebuild hope in our marriage. I love it. And, you know, I just think, yes, what an incredible podcast. I feel like my hope is stirred in new ways. Um, And listeners, if you feel the same way, we would love to know how you have been impacted by something you've heard. So we got to share some of that today. Maybe in the future, we're going to share something that you pass on to us. So there are several ways to reach out and let us know whether it be commenting or leaving a review on your podcasting platform. But don't forget, you can also email us at care at adabible.org. So for Samuel, Kelly, and myself, this has been Together. Thanks for listening to Together. We hope you've learned a thing or two. If you find the podcast helpful, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your listening platform, leave a comment, and give us a five-star rating. If you'd like more information on Ada Bible Church and its ministries, or someone to pray or dialogue with about your marriage, go online and check out our website at adabible.org.